Hi, welcome to this episode of Bipolar Black Girl. My name is Mayor Fortin and I'm your host. Joining me today is Scott. Scott received his ADHD diagnosis when he was just four years old. In January of 2023, so about a year ago, he found out that he has borderline personality borderline personality disorder. He's been sober since uh, that time. We will discuss the stigma surrounding men who live with borderline dis- disorder on this episode. Hi, Scott. How are you? I'm well, Mayor. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. So usually what I do is ask people to start with a little bit of uh, history with uh, with their mental health, uh, just uh, since you were diagnosed at four, if you want to pick it up sort of from there and give a little background to uh, as to where you are today. Sure. Um, so I was diagnosed with ADHD, like you said, at uh, age four, and pretty much immediately they put me uh, on Ritalin. Um, I was uh, part of a case study on that, uh, in fact, um, and ended up taking it throughout my entire childhood up until my teenage years, essentially. Um, and then, uh, unfortunately, that had stunted my growth. Um, that uh, that stimulant med. Is that uh, a common side effect, or um, is that sort of a rare thing? No, it's pretty common. You know, uh, the idea of don't give little kids coffee, sort of thing. Um, the stimulant meds can definitely have. Uh, from, it's my understanding, at least. I'm not a mental health professional, obviously, and any anything I say today is purely my opinion oh, uh, and my own personal experience, Absolutely. obviously. But yeah, it is my understanding that medications like that can have a negative impact on uh, normal growth rates. And in my case, it absolutely did. By the time I was uh, 13, they figured out that uh, I was under height and underweight um, compared to what I should have been using uh, x-rays of my wrist, apparently. Mm. Um, So they took me off the meds and put me on human growth hormone um, for a few years. Yeah, and that helped. Um, Obviously, I'm the correct height and weight uh, now, so it's good that they intervened. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, as you and I had uh, discussed uh, prior, the suddenly taking me off of a medication that I had been on since I was four years old led to some issues with uh, substance abuse. Of, um, in my case, uh, a, a, a different stimulant, uh, methamphetamine, um, for a number of years until about my mid-20s or so, off and on, um, which I really struggled with. Um, it's the only thing that felt like normal to me. I was going to ask, is it, is, it's the stimulant that, you know, makes, makes us feel normal. So, I mean, obviously, meth has way worse side effects than oh, sure. Adderall. <laughs> Um, Absolutely. but uh, you know, you, you take what you can get when 
you're you when you feel like shit. Right. Absolutely. And I didn't quite realize it at the time that that's what I was doing. But upon reflection since then, it, it makes a lot of sense that that became my drug of choice almost immediately. Right. Um, and so uh, ultimately, I uh, I had to deal with that for a number of years and grateful to have gotten um over and uh off of that um however uh alcohol became a bigger issue in the years um that uh that followed uh up until i got uh sober this past this past january and do, do you think that um are, are you medicated now and did that coincide with uh with your decision to be sober? Well, I, I've been medicated ever since I stopped using the meth. Mm. Um, I've been taking Adderall again. Uh, I had health insurance through a uh, job that I had at the time, and I made it priority number one to follow up on that. So they put me back on, uh, you know, prescribed stimulant medication and surprise surprise my uh, meth habit died pretty pretty much instantly after that wow um yeah yeah absolutely as far as the drinking um i currently i'm not i don't do anything other than take my prescribed medication um and that the story of my drinking kind of issue kind of imploding uh, and me getting sober essentially directly correlates and lines up with my BPD diagnosis um, right. this past January. So how did you uh, receive that diagnosis? What symptoms were you displaying? What, you know, how did your um, psychiatrist or psychologist uh, come up with, with that diagnosis? Well, so it's an interesting story, actually. My uh, wife kind of put the pieces together on her own uh, for me. She mm -hmm. had been following uh, quite a few different um, mental health um, community folks on Instagram, and uh, we were having some issues in our marriage. And she paid attention to what one of those folks was describing about borderline personality disorder back in November of uh, 2022. She flat out told me, I think you might have borderline personality disorder. And mm -hmm. my immediate response was not kind. Um, unfortunately, I had fallen victim to a lot of the stigma surrounding borderline personality disorder and coupled with quite a great deal of ignorance surrounding right. it as well. And I think uh, the naming of it is somewhat unfortunate. Um, although it's something I embrace now, at the time, all I heard was, you're saying I'm borderline psychotic. Is that what you're telling me and right. I took it as deeply 
offensive and as someone with bpd would (laughs) right yeah absolutely i I suppose anyone would um but uh you know my immediate response to that was okay well i'm gonna look into this and look at all the reasons why you can't possibly be right about this assertion or suspicion and within about i don't know i'd say three four hours of having looked into it um my response had softened quite a bit uh i was like wow there i recognize some of this here this feels like it might actually fit um and pretty quickly that turned to a sense of hope. Um, I feel like it's important, at least it was in my case, to mention how how hopeful the right diagnosis can be in some cases. Uh, suddenly a world was opening up to me, a world of resources and understanding of myself, um, tools, um that i that i was completely ignorant to um but that was only the the start of the journey uh for my ultimate bpd diagnosis that was back in november so i had switched pretty much we stopped going to couples therapy at that point because i wanted to start focusing on following up on this hypothesis that i might potentially have borderline personality disorder. Um, and so I was rec- uh, it, it was recommended that I find a, a therapist who specializes in DBT, dialectical behavior therapy, which is pretty much the gold standard uh, in terms of treatment for someone with a borderline personality disorder diagnosis. Um, so that's where I put my focus. And I did. I found pretty much right away a therapist that specialized in DBT um, and started introducing myself and working with her. Um, But at that point, I didn't have uh, an official BPD diagnosis. Um, It was something we were looking into together but obviously that's not something anyone that you just meet is going to be comfortable you know blessing you with so to speak um so uh towards the end of that year um 2022 um my marriage had pretty much fully imploded um my wife uh, moved out, uh, moved in with a friend of hers, and um, I started drinking in a way that I was even 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 though it was pretty clear that I had some signs of alcoholism. Once she moved out, it didn't take long for things to really go off the rails for me right right uh drinking at work um 
from the moment I woke up until the moment I passed out at around 2 p.m. and then woke up again later around 6 and ready to keep drinking all night until, you know, I mean, it was, it was bad. If I didn't drink, I would shake um, and feel nauseous. It was, it was, it was, you know, a special corner of hell for me. Yeah. Um, And for the first time ever, I felt the urge to want to stop drinking and the inability to do so. Right. Uh, I had been in and out of, you know, various 12-step programs, sober living homes, um, treatment facilities for substance issues um, Mm. throughout my life prior to that, um, mainly due to the meth issue. Right. Um, And I couldn't really relate in those um, instances to to the idea that I could really want to stop drinking and not actually be able to. Um, And here I found myself in that situation. Uh, Unfortunately, and, you know, I hate to say that there's, there should be a bit of, you know, mild trigger warning here. Um, There is no way to tell my story without describing a little bit about what happened next. Absolutely. Um, So uh, cut to January, early January of 2023. Um, My wife's gone. I'm I'm drinking at an alarming rate. I can't stop. Um, And my anger issues have um, exploded uh, at this point. And round about January 15th, um, there there came a, I I got into a fight with uh, my uh, father who has medical issues and lives with me. Um, And I don't, I I couldn't even tell you what the argument was about, uh, especially because, you know, I had quite a bit of alcohol in me in that moment. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately I made an attempt on my own life. Wow. Um, Yeah. I'm glad you weren't successful. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Um, and so I'll, I'll leave it at that. You know, there's obviously more detail to that story, but there's not that really makes a difference. The point yeah. is, I was in a really r- low spot. Uh, and that's what ended up happening. And um, my dad called 911. And I don't even remember any of this, mind you. Um, Yeah, I was blacked out. Uh, I was uh, uh, taken to, um, uh, well, first I I spent the night, uh, I spent the night with the local uh, officers of the law. Um, 
and then I was uh, transferred to a um, inpatient mental health facility for about four days or so. Mm-hmm. And then upon being released from that, I spoke to the therapist that I had been working with since November, and she um, she pretty much immediately told me, okay, you have borderline personality disorder at this point. I've seen everything I need to see to mm-hmm. feel confident in that diagnosis. Um, and so uh, January 16th, I've been sober ever since. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, And I don't even miss it, to be honest with you. I don't I don't even think about it anymore. Um, But that that took a lot of work to get there. Um, I. uh, and, and, And that's when I really started digging in now that I have the diagnosis. I really started digging into the uh, community surrounding borderline personality disorder, and I uncovered some troubling things um, I, that that I found troubling. Um, for example, the uh, the statistics, as I understand them, indicate that uh, BPD occurs in men and women at roughly equal rates. Um, however, men are far less likely to receive a, a BPD diagnosis than women are. Um, and why and is so, that? Well, my personal belief on that, and, and I've talked to professionals about this, and they tend to agree. Um, but again, it's just my personal belief. My My personal belief on that is... Uh, The symptomology, to make up a word, of um, BPD, one one of the things, one of the symptoms, well, I should say, one of the nine diagnostic criteria for a BPD diagnosis is intense outbursts of anger. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel as though in women in our society, that is unfortunately more stigmatized than it is for men it's almost expected of men Mm -hmm. (laughs) in a lot of cases to to have intense emotional angry outbursts um and so that particular symptom i believe kind of flies under the radar for men yeah yeah with professionals at least I can see that, you know, especially um, if men aren't open about, you know, how extreme their feelings are or, or their right. feelings at all. Right. Right. Absolutely. I, I also feel like one of the, one of the unfortunate hallmarks of borderline personality disorder is it's, it's close, closely linked with um, suicide attempts. Yes. Um, due to the intensity of emotion. Um, and so given the statistics 
with men and suicide in general, I feel like that's another way that this often gets misdiagnosed or underdiagnosed. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that was that could have been the case for me. I spent 37 years of my life not knowing I had BPD. And I've been seeing mental health professionals in one form or another since I was four years old. Wow. Um, My mother uh, was a psychiatric nurse for over 45 years before she retired. That's crazy. Um, At Yeah, at inpatient facilities like the one I found myself in on January 16th. Um, so I had every opportunity in the world, arguably, to have received this diagnosis at a much younger age. Um, And why do you think that that didn't happen? I think it's part of what I was just describing. I, I, I I think part of it's the, the societal stigma so your parents that, just thought this is how boys act and this is yeah okay yeah okay. but part part of that yeah i i think also um for my for my mother you know even though she worked in the field um maybe that's almost part of it you know um mm-hmm. i can't speak for her but it, she you know, dealt with some of the the more difficult, you know, cases and situations related to these kinds of diagnoses uh, in her line of work. And maybe she just didn't want to see that in her own home. Right. She, she was kind of blind to it in that right. sense. Yeah. Um, a little, a little too close to the problem. In other mm-hmm. words, um, and then lastly, I think another huge factor is the reluctance of mental health professionals, as I understand it, in general, to give someone a BPD diagnosis um, because of the stigma attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be kind of a a scarlet letter, even in those circles to to have that diagnosis uh, which is uh, both terribly sad and and surprising um you know the 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 literature would have you believe that there are several many perhaps even the majority of mental health professionals who don't quote unquote like working with BPD patients who mm. feel that they may be a, a bit of a lost cause. Um, Which given is terrible. The, yeah, it, absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And what's, what's even more terrible about that, in my opinion, is the statistics show pretty clearly that it's actually one of the most treatable mental health disorders. Yes. Um, the, the, the 
the recovery rates for folks with BPD who undergo a specific form of treatment, which is not medication-based or anything like that. It's talk therapy called right. DBT, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And something like 70 plus percent, mm-hmm. um, as I understand it, will no longer meet the diagnostic criteria for a BPD diagnosis, um, having undergone a certain course of treatment. I use that cognitive behavioral therapy, Mm -hmm. um, not dialectical. And I feel like almost symptom free. Sure. Sure. Well, there are definitely many approaches. Some of the other ones are MBT, mentalization based therapy. Yeah. Um, and uh and and others that are escaping me at the at the moment but those would be the top three uh i went with dbt because i had been doing some form of cbt like i said for years and years at that point and maybe potentially it's because i didn't have the diagnosis so it was maybe not targeted effectively in my case or or i just I just had a string of terrible, you know, therapists. I, 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 you know, I, I don't know. I'm sure their heart was in the right place and they were trying their best. And again, I didn't have the diagnosis, so they didn't know necessarily what to focus on. You know, I'm not looking to blame anyone or anything no. like that. But what I do know is that for me, dialectical behavioral therapy has been immensely helpful, game-changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say, you know, just to lay out for folks kind of what that is, um, dialectical behavioral therapy was created by, uh, a woman named Marsha Linehan, um, who some suspect may have BPD herself. I don't know that she's ever actually, you know, given herself that diagnosis or, Made it public. Or anything. You're right, right. But but there's reason, as my, it's my understanding, there's reason to suspect that um, she's not just uh, she, uh, the president of the Hair Club for men. She's also a member. <laughs> so. Thanks for, thanks for taking it back. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so just dating myself a little bit there. So. Um, at any rate, she she worked to develop DBT, and the dialectical part essentially stands for represents that two things can be true at the same time. Right. Um, one of the things that characterizes BPD, one of those nine criteria, is a tendency towards black and white thinking. Yeah. Um, in the BPD community, we tend to refer to that as something called splitting. So the idea there is if you say something negative about me, then clearly you hate me and I hate you too. Right. Um, At its most extreme and oversimplified, right? Mm -hmm. So 
it can make being in a relationship with someone with BPD quite difficult to navigate. Yes. Um, BPDs uh, has a few other key hallmarks that make relationships quite difficult to navigate. Um, chief amongst those, uh, again, one of the diagnostic criteria is an extreme fear of abandonment, real or imagined. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some the the literature would have you believe that BPD is a combination of things. Essentially, it's a genetic predisposition mm-hmm. coupled with uh, childhood trauma, right? And often childhood trauma, but trauma uh, nonetheless. And so uh, that includes neglect, obviously, right? Um, and that would explain some of the abandonment fears. Mm-hmm. that are prevalent in the BPD community. Um, so for being in a relationship with a person with BPD, it can often uh, feel like, you know, hey, I, I, I just I just had one little criticism, you know, hey, your fly's open, and now your response is, you hate me, you, you've never truly loved me, um, yeah. you know, that, that sort of ask thing. It gets husband. real. I'm sorry. Say again. I said, just ask my husband. Right. Right. Yeah. No, uh, it's, uh, it's, a uh, it's a common, it's a common theme. Um, yeah. uh, in fact, one of the nine diagnostic criteria is, uh, you know, um, Difficult interpersonal relationships. Having relationship issues, essentially, is is a big part of a BPD diagnosis. Absolutely, um, and ADHD and bipolar disorder. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. None, none of it's helping, obviously. Um, personally, and now I, I, this is something I'll say. Um needs to be taken with a giant boulder of salt but um but then again but also i'm not necessarily alone here in thinking that there may eventually come to pass some sort of an understanding of a link between adhd bpd and potentially autism as well i see Um, so again not a professional you'd have to anyone who hears that would have to definitely dig into some of the literature on their own and do so knowing that no such link has been established currently but the coincidence rates of these kinds of diagnoses diagnoses is to my ears something worth keeping an eye on Right. Um, I feel like that may come to pass in the uh, perhaps not too distant future that we'll understand some sort of mechanism that underpins these things right. um, in the future. Uh, but at any rate, um, yeah, that has that has been my 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 struggle up till now. Uh, and then since my diagnosis, 
you know, uh, going into the DBT program in earnest, um, I found a uh, skills group online mm-hmm. through Meetup, um, which I joined immediately. It's called Border Minds. Um, and uh, they meet twice a week. And every other week is a DBT skills practice. And then every other week aside from that is, you know, kind of like a a, a topic gets picked, um, mm-hmm. say, navigating relationships. And then it'll be kind of an open discussion on that. Nice. Um, it's been immensely helpful for me. Um, uh, earlier this year, uh, and I dove into that head first, so much so that earlier this year I was invited to join. They they became a 501. Well, no, they're Canadian. So whatever the equivalent of a 501c3 is, a nonprofit, a charity. Right. Um, up in uh, they're based out of uh, uh, Toronto, um, and. Uh, they uh, became a charity and invited me to join the board of directors. That's um, so wonderful. That was a, yeah, that was a great honor for me, and a, you know, a good sign that I that I was um, following my my mental health passions, if you will, uh, down the right down the right path. Um, also, I uh, I created my uh, Instagram account. Which, as far as I know, may be how you, you found me. That is how I found uh, you. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, um, and it's uh, detachable BPDness, um, all one word. Shameless plug for myself. And I, I, I created that account because I did, I did see, you know, a lot of women talking about their BPD diagnosis in that community online and that's all obviously well and good i've learned so 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 much Mm -hmm. um, from some of the creators on instagram Um, many women i could not respect anymore if i possibly tried um, discussing bpd and who helped me understand you know there's some of the clinical you 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 read it in the dsm and it's very dry language. It says, yeah. you know, symptom. And you it's very, you know, patient may present with the following, et cetera, et cetera. And then I went on Instagram and I saw all these women talking about what that actually felt like and right. how it actually manifested in their lives. And that's kind of where the rubber met the road for me that was a big part of my aha moment um and like i said i'm so grateful that that was there but i i noticed a a relative dearth a lack of men discussing their bpd or even really mental health in general um by comparison at least right and so I saw for myself an opportunity to hopefully help, you know, the next guy, quote unquote, um, 
not have to ho- hopefully go 37 years of his life and and near nearly have it end badly right um before he saw something he could relate to um perhaps in in one of these platforms and i chose uh instagram primarily um and created my account and that's that's what i've been doing i i've been trying to create little you know videos and reels and so forth that kind of describe my experience since getting diagnosed with bpd and what some of that feels like for me and more importantly some of the resources I found uh, and things that I found to be helpful since getting diagnosed. And there's so much. There's, you know, there's quick, simple, more immediate tools. Um, like one of my favorites is Tip. Um, and I, I can't remember off the top of my head exactly what it, I think it's, uh, temperature, intense physical activity, and pace breathing, something mm-hmm. like that. But uh, in short, you know, there are certain things I can do when I feel my face getting hot with rage, um, which is a common symptom mm-hmm. for me, uh, manifestation at least. Um, and what I'll do in those moments is I'll go. Uh, try and trigger the diver's reflex, um, which is this concept. What, I'm sorry? Oh, I just said, what is that? So the concept is that, you know, evolutionarily, we're wired biologi- biophysiologically to prepare for our head being submerged underwater and therefore us holding our breath uh, through the nerve endings in our face around the underside of our eyes and the bridge of our nose, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you can rapidly cool that area of your face, you basically trick your body into thinking you're about to dive underwater. And what that does is it essentially lowers your blood pressure. Um, and uh, slows down your heart rate, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth, just like you'd be about to hold your breath. And so what you do, what I do when I feel a rage episode coming on, uh, is I run to the freezer and I grab a, you know, ice cube or I have a frozen face mask thing that my daughter got me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I put that on my face, which gets under my the under the bags of my eyes basically and the bridge of my nose and I hold my breath and I hold that to my face and I do that for about you know a minute two minutes and whether I want to or not that's going to slow my breathing down a bit slow my heart rate down a bit lower my blood pressure a bit calm me down physiologically Mm -hmm. and so, you know, with BPD, that's a big part of it. Um, essentially, it's like the amygdala has control of the brain mm. uh, when you feel triggered. And the 
prefrontal cortex, the thinking part of your brain, literally can't. It's it's being drowned out by your right. emotions, mm. essentially. Um, so at least in my case, so by tri- by triggering this diver's reflex, uh, when I feel an episode coming on, it essentially calms the body down, um, which gives me a moment of of mindfulness to try and regain control of my brain, so to speak. Right. And and allow my the the more logical parts of my brain, which function perfectly well when they're not being drowned out, you know, by my emotional brain, if you will, mm-hmm. um, to kind of enter back into the equation. Um, that's a big part of there. There are countless examples of things like that throughout DBT. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a more extreme example, um, but. But it's basically a set of tools that are geared towards that same end of, you know, allowing the rational mind, if you will, a bit more purchase um, over the emotional mind when an ep- a BPD episode, quote unquote, is, is triggered. Yeah, I take cold showers sometimes just because the... The coldness sort of like shocks my system into being aware of my surroundings and, you know, it centers me and allows me to like sort of move on with my day and not be, you know, not get upset so often. Yeah, that's huge. That's part of it. Um, Absolutely. That would count um, as a DBT technique. Um, The, you know, it's, it's really, it's, it's it, a lot of it has been described as Eastern philosophy meets Western psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of Zen in DBT, a lot right. of mindfulness, a lot of focus on the here and the now, and quieting and the mind. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. sure, sure, absolutely. Um, I think where maybe. I think where maybe it probably differs most is in some of the, um, you know, it's, I would say it's a more, based on my experience of both, I would say, you know, the CBT is definitely more cognitive, right? Like, let's, let's fill out a worksheet, maybe. Yeah. Let's, let's run through the... Let's think through the issue, so to speak. Right. And DBT tends to be more like, in my experience, uh, what's an emergency way to regain control? So mm-hmm. we can even get to the cognitive part. Right. Uh, because we've, we're dealing with some serious runaway emotions um, at this point. And... Uh, so I would say that's probably the biggest difference between the two. The goal is absolutely the same, right? Uh, as my, it's my understanding. Um, it is. It, it's uh, it's just in some of the approach, I think is probably the key difference. Um, so the key difference. How do you think we go about uh, 
destigmatizing uh, mental health when it comes to men, you know, uh, sort of, I guess, acknowledging that they may have a mental health issue and then being open about it or, you know, how can we, how can we get more men to talk about it? Do you think? Well, I think the biggest impact that I feel like I've had so far along those lines is to go to where men are. Um, so, uh, and speak their language to them, so to speak. Um, mm -hmm. So, for example, uh, I joined a Discord earlier this year, uh, Discord channel related to um, car stereo stuff. Because mm -hmm. um, I'm big. I love car stereos. Uh, I used to install car stereos as a side gig uh, for a second job when I went through my divorce back in 2017. And it's mm -hmm. something I've always... I love, you know, nice cars and loud stereos. That's, right. I, I, you know, that's very, very much who I am. Um, and uh, obviously that's the bulk of the topic, that and cars and tools and that sort of thing. But there has been a couple of times where, you know, a guy has come in and started talking about their frustration with the divorce that they're going through. And I've been there mm -hmm. and I, I, I could relate to some of what the feelings they were describing. And I saw an opportunity to say, Hey, I've been there. I can relate to some of the things that you're describing. Right. Um, and without, you know, I'm very cautious not to say, oh, well, you have BPD. It's that simple. Yeah, go, right. you know, here, take this, go see a doctor, you know. Uh, no, right. it's not that simple, right? But what I can do is I can tell, I can take that opportunity to tell my own story mm -hmm. uh, as fearlessly and as honestly as I can. And people, I feel, will take what they need and leave what doesn't really fit. And so for me, um, I don't shy away from opportunities when I'm around other men to own up to my mental health struggles, to be honest, to be fearless, to um, not sugarcoat any of it, mm -hmm. you know, make I myself like look having... better. Oh, I feel like having these open and honest conversations about it goes a long way because people who may not even have um, BPD, for instance, may listen and know somebody who, who they may think, you know, express the symptoms and then they can do their kind of research and maybe hint around or, or do whatever they can to help the person that they, you know, think might be struggling or know that is struggling. Well, that was what happened in my case. Um, you know, like I said, my wife, she didn't want to for a long time. She had her suspicions uh, for a lot longer than she shared them with me. Mm. But eventually, after one argument one night, she back in November of last year, she came out and said it. 
mm-hmm. laid it out on the table. And I feel like that's important. Um, not, not necessarily her approach, but just at the end, ultimately at the end of the day, just being honest with someone, telling them what you think might be going on. You know, it's, it's also important. She, she, I should follow up that up with the other thing she did was she was very, very adamant about why don't you look into it? Right. And let me know what you think. This is what I think might be the case. Tell me, why don't you look into it? Tell me what you think. Uh, So a little bit of homework there. Um, And then left it alone. You need to recognize the symptoms in yourself. You know, once you understand, I mean, I think this is true of any mood or personality disorder. The more you learn about it, the more you learn about yourself. And then you can, especially with BPD, you can sort of track what's happening to you, you know? And, and I think that once you know that there can be a light, you start focusing on it, you know? Yes. My change was like, I don't want to say it was overnight, but it was pretty much overnight. You know, mm-hmm. once I started practicing the, um, the uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, once I started using the, the workbook. Yeah. I, I think that's pretty pretty similar trajectory in my case as well. I mean, I would say to anyone out there who may, you know, worry that they might have one of uh, these serious mental illnesses, I guess how they're categorized in SMI, um, you know, and let's be clear, BPD is a serious mental illness. It is not a break with reality, per se. It's not yeah. delusions or or anything that you might necessarily, um, you know, typically ascribe to, say, schizophrenia or something like that. Um, it's but more of an emotional disorder. It, it's it's absolutely an emotional disorder. Yeah, and it it, it impacts every aspect of your personality, and unfortunately. It is very closely linked with self-harm and suicide. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, it is absolutely serious. Um, it, can, it can end badly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it's so important to, to be fearless in your self-examination if you're worried that the, this may describe you at all um because it the 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 reality is (laughs) it's treatable and it the 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 getting better at least in my case starts right away right it's like a feeling of uh, i found my people it's almost like you just needed to be put on the path you know right and DBT put you on the path and it's almost like okay well now I'm walking alone you know and and I'm getting there you know and it's mm-hmm. uh it's such a it's such a wild difference than 100% you know it's just unlearning things that you learned over time you know right coping mechanisms and and c- catastrophic thinking and you know mm-hmm. splitting all of these things that um Literally, you just change your mindset. 
and the book helps you helps you change your mindset or either of the therapies help you change your mindset a hundred percent and there's a um there's a book in the 12 step uh circles i i believe specifically alcoholics anonymous i believe it's a collection of stories um from recovered alcoholics and the title of the book is a new pair of glasses mm-hmm. and that's how I would describe my BPD journey. It, it, getting this diagnosis was like putting on a new pair of glasses. And suddenly the world around me, my past, all of it looked different through these new lenses. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the best possible way, uh you know suddenly i understood patterns of behavior that had been with me my entire life that i had absolutely no explanation for yeah and were easily explained e- mm-hmm. easily explained mm-hmm. <laughs> by by this diagnosis oh well now that makes sense i was splitting or you know uh I was afraid I was going to be abandoned. And so I responded this way or, you know, and that kind of knowledge is, is powerful. It's a tool. Mm -hmm. Um, At least it has been for me. And I know I'm not alone. Um, I I just interviewed a, another guy with BPD who's, who's found his path using CP CBD CBT and um you know uh I just, I feel like it's it can't be that easy for all of us. Do you know what I mean mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like I think that a lot of us once we know what the what the diagnosis is, what the root cause of it is, how to get away from it, you know what I mean? I th- and and I think that we're generally smart people, you know, I think mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. You know, we learn these coping mechanisms that can be just as easily unlearned. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. No. So I see what you're saying. It can't be a coincidence that, yeah. you know, you're, you're hearing the same kinds of things from lots of different places. And I completely agree with that sentiment. If, if I understood, if I understood you correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, there is absolutely hope there is absolutely help there is absolutely um a wonderful fulfilling um life waiting for you on the other side of a diagnosis like this yeah a hundred percent arguably even more so in my case more than it has ever been yeah um so don't be afraid to have these kinds of conversations, explore mm-hmm. these topics, be honest with yourself. The, yeah. There's a chance, a good chance that you're going to learn something about yourself that will, will forever change your life. Right. Um, in, in a positive manner. Um, 
And so for me, it's been about a year um, Mm. since my diagnosis and I've, I've embraced it fully. And I feel like I've come a long way. Um, And that's on the basis of how I feel uh, Mm -hmm. these days, coupled with what the people around me tell me in terms of the difference they've seen in my response to certain stimuli and um, so on and so forth. So that, you know, I am so excited for what the rest of my life looks like at this point. Um, And for dudes specifically, you know, no matter what you may have heard, you can absolutely have BPD. It is not, it's not exclusive to women. It's not even more prevalent in women than it is in men. You can absolutely have BPD. Um, and even if you don't, your mental health is something you should take seriously. The people who love you, um, and future you are counting on it. Um, so embrace it. Own it. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. That's such a wonderful way to, um, end the episode on a joyful, joyful note and, a um an inspiring note and just you know letting people reminding people that life is worth living and you will get through this you know it takes a little bit of practice but mm-hmm. but just like bpd became a part of you it you know or the way you've learned to respond using bpd or through bpd you'll learn ways to respond differently by practicing um cbt or dbt absolutely absolutely and i i I would say one final thing is all of it is simple none of it is easy but all of it is worth it absolutely absolutely all right thank you scott thank you so much mary i appreciate you having me on 